This is Mission Control Houston. Ignition sequence start. The reason I'm prepared for this position is because I've been preparing for this all my life. Our goal is to compete and, and really put a fun team on the court that really gets after it. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. We're very talented. I mean, we can go out there and compete at a high level and give a lot of effort. We can be a good team. Six, five, four, three, two, one. The NBA trade deadline has come and gone. Victor Oladipo is no longer a member of the Houston Rockets, and he was sent to the Miami Heat, like I predicted. But I can't even be happy about it because the return was so terrible. What's up and welcome to another episode of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every single day. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and partner at Apollo Media, all Houston, all original. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin, the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, as well as at Apollo HOU. Now, we found out just Minutes, not even minutes before, minutes after the NBA trade deadline hitting uh, 3 p.m. Eastern, that Victor Oladipo was successfully traded. And I remember leading into the trade deadline, watching everybody's reactions on social media and just waiting, waiting, waiting. I hadn't said anything quite just yet. And then we got the tweet. We finally got the notification that Victor Oladipo had been traded. I blasted out a couple of celebratory tweets, uh, say you know, even going so far as to say that people were doubting Rafael Stone, which they were. Everybody was panicked and frustrated. And then we found out the actual details of the trade, the Rockets sending Victor Oladipo to South Beach in exchange for Kelly Olynyk, Avery Bradley, and a 2022 pick swap. I just, I kind of want to stop the podcast here because I'm just like, it's so frustrating to talk about. Okay, so I've, and I've, you know, we're, uh, we're safely removed from this. And I've spent the better part of the afternoon kind of working through my opinions on this deal. And ultimately, my main takeaway from it is it's hard to be overly upset. I'm still disappointed. Don't get me wrong. I really th- and I, and I'm and I'm par- mainly disappointed because I think, like, based on everything that we were here, the 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 couple of woes reports that we were hearing about the Rockets having secured a mid, uh, a mid first round pick and a young you know young player in exchange for Victor Oladipo. That was you know hindsight 2020. That looks like it was clearly information fed to Adrian Wojnarowski by Rafael Stone, by the Houston front office, which then wound up kind of shooting themselves in the foot because they didn't actually have that offer on the table. Or maybe they did have that offer on the table and whoever was offering that up kind of reneged on their deal and then they didn't have a follow-up offer because they were trying to kind of play the market against itself uh, for Victor Oladipo and it just didn't work out that way. So... When when I when I'm evaluating this trade though, right? This was never like the clear. This was never the preferred intention of the Victor Oladipo Houston Rockets like partnership, right? 
the goal with Victor Oladipo by Steven Silas and Rafael Stone when they orchestrated that trade in the first place, the reason that they didn't wind up going with Karis LeVert uh, and Jarrett Allen and the, the original Nets package, the reason the deal was worked out the way that it was is because they felt Victor Oladipo gave them, a one, a shot to to still compete this season and to be a playoff team, which had it not been for the crazy amount of injuries that this team faced and the the just the tons of guys in and out of the lineups, as well as the main injury being to Christian Wood, but, you know, still inconsistency with the lineups across the board, um, they might have been able to pull that off. Two, uh, apparently, based on reporting by Jonathan Fagan, it was actually Victor Oladipo's choice to not play in back-to-backs. So it seems like mentally uh, he was never fully engaged with what the Rockets were trying to accomplish. So that part kind of stings as well. Um, But ultimately, Victor Oladipo was a gamble to remain competitive this season while also still providing flexibility down the line. And it's hard for me to be upset at that notion, right? It was a gamble by Silas and by Stone that they thought could potentially pay off. And the two avenues of that gamble were, okay, if it pays off, then we're a playoff team this year. And everybody's healthy. We're a playoff team. We make some noise in the playoffs. And maybe we can convince Victor Oladipo to stay long-term in the summer if if the team actually does well in the playoffs. Or we potentially lose him for nothing in the offseason, but at least we had a competitive playoff run. And we've turned, you know, we've righted the ship literally in the same season that we had to jettison our franchise player. So that's the mentality there, right? And that makes you look kind of, you know, attractive as an organization that, hey, look, we went through some crap earlier this season, but we turned we turned the boat around. Steven Silas is a solid coach. We've got the right pieces here. We just need the next guy to come in and be, if you can come in and be better than Victor Oladipo was, then imagine how much better we could be, right? And that's a pretty decent, like, elevator pitch to free agents. But instead, we got the other end of that package, the latter half of that possibility, which was the team did not work. Like the team didn't gel together. They didn't wind up being competitive, um, not being able to make the playoff push. And so they tried to flip Victor Oladipo at the deadline. And ultimately, the return was very little. Right, Kelly Olynyk, Avery Bradley, and a 2022 pick swap, which does, I will include this. So first off, it's uh, lottery protected, so that kind of sucks there. Uh, but it does include the rights to swap with the Brooklyn Nets pick that year. So it's not the end of the world, because at the end of the day, they have essentially moved up a few slots because you imagine that the Brooklyn Nets are going to be another you know top tier team that season. The Miami Heat definitely a few notches below them, and then both of those teams overall, just because it's the Eastern Conference, um, at least the Miami Heat in that regard, you know I feel like are going to wind up having worse records than some of the Western Conference teams. So I'd imagine that that Miami Heat pick winds up being you know, late teens, early 20s, give or take, possibly. So you're jumping up a few slots in that draft, which is a nice consolation prize, all things considered, for Victor Oladipo. Because again, if we circle back to what the original gamble was on this, I think that they were ready to entertain the idea of losing Victor Oladipo for potentially nothing if it meant that they were pushing 
to the playoffs, right? If they had a strong playoff push, but then ultimately they weren't able to convince Victor Oladipo to re-sign with the Rockets long-term, so be it. They salvaged the season. They had a playoff appearance that makes the organization look good, look competent, all these things. Um, and they were willing to potentially roll those dice. So, again, I'm still in the midst of processing this, and we will be for, you know, days and weeks to come, right? We're going to be analyzing this, you know, what is essentially another offshoot of the James Harden trade, which now we can look at the entirety of the deal, at least for the time being, because there's multiple offshoots of this James Harden trade and different ways that you can interpret it. And so right now, though, the current Harden Hall sits at four first-round picks, five first-round pick swaps, 20 games of Victor Oladipo, Avery Bradley, Kelly Olenek, Dante Exum, and Rodion's Kuruks. And Kuruks obviously also being used in the deal uh, alongside P.J. Tucker, which acquired the Rockets, D.J. Wilson, D.J. Augustine, and uh, you know shuffled around some Milwaukee picks between the Rockets and Milwaukee. So... I think where most people are are you know singularly frustrated is that you're looking at this James Harden trade and the Rockets don't have a young franchise cornerstone to show for it. But I have a counterpoint to that, a point that good friend of the podcast Karthik Prasad brought up on Twitter, which I think is a very elegant viewpoint to take regarding what is happening with this team currently. And we're going to get there after a quick message after from our friends over at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. And speaking of full swing, MLB is right around the corner. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. You can get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's totally free to sign up. Head over to the website and sign up today using promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Did you know that you can get more of the sports news that you need in less time with our brand new Locked on Today podcast? Peter Bukowski hosts Locked on Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news that you need in just under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked on Today wherever you get your podcast, wherever you listen to this podcast. Do it. Peter's awesome. Go check it out. Great show. Um, now, as I kind of teased at the end of the last segment, I want to talk about a another alternative angle, right, for the, you know, event, for what it, it is essentially the James Harden trade, right? And first off, we have to look at it and still, based on, you know, circling back to kind of what I said in the first segment, right? The Rockets' intention was never to tank this season. It just, it wasn't. That wasn't in the cards until it became obvious that this team was plagued by injuries, too many guys in and out of the lineup, and then losing 20 straight games, that's when this team, you know, I think there's been a clear decision where this team is now clearly needs to finish in the bottom three to have a chance to retain their draft pick, the best chance to retain their draft pick this season. Um, 
And so that's just how you pivot, right? In the NBA, sometimes you have to pivot. Sometimes you have a plan, um, and whether it's the NBA or just life in general, sometimes you have a plan and then that plan goes awry and you need to be able to adjust yourself on the fly and see where you can then go, right? And so the Rockets wanted to be competitive this season. They did. That plan did not work out. So now what are they doing? Now they have the opportunity to retain their draft pick this season, a pick that was long thought to be just gone, no matter what. You know, as soon as that pick, as soon as the pick swap was part of the Russell Westbrook Chris Paul trade, this pick was essentially gone, and you were going to wind up with the worst pick out of the three between Oklahoma City, uh, Houston, and uh, Miami, right? But now they have a chance to get that pick back. And so that's what's now in the wheelhouse for the Rockets is they have a chance because unfortunately the season went wrong. They might be able to come away with a top four prospect, which would be amazing given how poorly the season has gone, how quickly the franchise has uh, you know, remodeled itself after the James Harden trade. Uh, no James Harden. Uh, I mean, well, going all the way back to Russell Westbrook, right? Trading off Russell Westbrook, trading James Harden, trading PJ Tucker. You know, you're left with Eric Gordon as the only remaining member of of, of the team from the 2017-2018 squad. You know. So if you're looking at it from that standpoint, where they've pivoted, they have a chance now to retain their draft pick. You can look at it almost as if you know, acquiring Cade or, or Suggs or Mobley, any of those guys, right? Any of the top prospects. You can look at it almost as that is now a, not a casualty, but a causality, I guess that's the right word, of the James Harden trade, right? Because had they not traded James Harden, had they gotten back, say, a Ben Simmons deal with, you know, Maxi on the side or potentially the Levert, Allen, Torian Prince package, right? If they had received back those guys and kept those guys rather than, you know, produ- you know proceeding with flipping Allen and Prince to, uh, to Cleveland and then flipping Levert to the Pacers for Oladipo, had they kept either of those those packages, which were the two rumored ones that we had to kind of choose from, right? Then first off with the Ben Simmons package, yes, you have Ben Simmons, right? You have a guy who immediately raises the floor of your team and is a top talent in the NBA. Yes. But then you're also too good. You have too high of a floor then to truly bottom out and be bad enough to receive top draft, like top quality uh, players in the NBA draft, which is a curse that we've seen from so many other teams around the league where you get stuck on what is essentially the treadmill of mediocrity and you're forced into drafting and picking in the mid to late lottery every single year because your team is not quite good enough to make noise in the playoffs or barely even make the playoffs uh, or and you can't, but you're not bad enough to be at the top of the draft to really get impactful talent. So that's not an area that the Rockets are struggling in. And then you go even to the to the Levert Allen Prince package. Yeah, that package might have made the Rockets competitive enough to compete this season and to make the playoffs this season, which was clearly a goal of theirs. But the goal was also flexibility. And I've had a lot of people who were saying, well, yeah, if it was flexibility, why wouldn't they, you know, take the risk with that package and then, you know, try to flip those guys at the deadline? Well, the reason being, 
you can make that argument that Levert could have been just as easy to flip as Victor Oladipo, but he has extra years on his deal. Jared Allen is going to get paid in the summer, so unless a team is interested in paying him that Clint Capella-esque figure, you know, somewhere from 15 to 20 million, then he becomes also a little bit more difficult to flip because the value isn't necessarily there if you can't guarantee that a player is going to re-sign. So, like, who's going to take a rental on Jared Allen? Very few people. A rental on Victor Oladipo, who's on an expiring deal, who is a player who kind of pushes you over the top if you're making a playoff push, right? If you're thinking you're the the Denver Nuggets or somebody like that. At least, you know, I'm, I'm working in in hypothetical hindsight from the origination of the, the you know, framework of the Victor Oladipo deal, trying to put myself in Rafael Stone's shoes. Karis Levert, same thing. He might be a guy, you know, he's a guy who, you know, similarly to Victor Oladipo could potentially, you know, push a team a little bit over the top, you know, maybe help them make a playoff push, but he's not an expiring deal. So he he's a bit more of a long-term commitment. And then lastly, we haven't even gotten to Torian Prince and the fact that, you know, the Rockets would have had to eat that contract just in its entirety if they wanted to retain Jared Allen. So they sent Jared Allen and Torian Prince to Cleveland. They got back a pick from that, the Milwaukee Bucks pick, which they then turned into two other first-round draft picks by way of the P.J. Tucker trade. So I'm not sitting here trying to... It sounds like I'm trying to justify the Victor Oladipo trade to Miami, and I and I want to clear that up by saying, hell no, I'm not. I'm utterly disappointed by the lackluster return for Victor Oladipo. It felt like the Rockets should have gotten at least, like, Casey Apollo or, or somebody, you know, Throwing Duncan Rock, like I don't know, it's the the Rockets should have walked away with some one of the interesting young players on the Miami Heat roster. But Pat Riley had Rafael Stone in a corner. He knew that Victor Oladipo's heart wasn't in Houston. Rafael Stone wanting to salvage the Victor Oladipo situation and receive back something of value went ahead and pulled the trigger on the deal. And also worthing, you know, worth worth noting. The Rockets have now sent Harden, Tucker, and Victor Oladipo to their preferred destinations, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, and the Miami Heat. So the Rockets are definitely erasing some of that ill will that they had towards the franchise from the Daryl Morey days of players who were concerned about, you know, being traded at the drop of a hat for, you know, an incrementally uh, increment, yeah, incrementally better deal just because it was on the table. So I think Rafael Stone is trying to kind of generate some of that goodwill within the NBA community, and that's absolutely something that agents and players will take a look at down the line, and they'll be able to say, well, hey, the Rockets take care of their guys. You know, if 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 we sign there and things go bad in a couple years or things go south or there's not what we thought they were going to turn out to be, then the Rockets are going to do right by their players, even if it means uh, taking back a less than you know ideal package in exchange for a player. So hopefully that counts for a little bit of something. But as I'm sitting here, you know, thinking about this, and you know, I jokingly said that you know Christian Wood and Ben Simmons would have been fun, and hey, it would have been fun, right? But the maximum ceiling of where that duo would eventually take you, and whether or not Ben Simmons even wanted to be, would have wanted to be here in Houston, right? We get into a whole situation where. You know, if you're trade, whenever you trade for a star like that, are they legitimately? Do they want to be there, right? Are they guys that want to be here? Does a team of John Wall, Ben Simmons, Christian Wood inspire a lot of confidence 
for this Rockets team moving forward because that's the core that you'd be locked into with John Wall's Supermax and Ben Simmons' max contract and uh, Christian Wood's deal. Like that That's the core that you're essentially locked into for a few years if they were to have decided to go that route. And then you don't have all this extra draft compensation on top of it to be able to maneuver and make deals further down the line. So to me, it's still impossible to fully judge the James Harden trade until we see exactly what happens with this treasure trove of draft picks that Rafael Stone now has at his disposal, right? Everybody's up in arms right now. Everybody's pissed off. Everybody's upset that we didn't get back, you know, at least a prospect for Victor Oladipo, right? Everybody's upset that there's not a franchise cornerstone rocking Rockets red or Rockets blue, I guess, since they wear the blue jerseys a lot now. Um, in place of James Harden because of the trade, right? There's a lot of frustrated fans. And look, I get it. But if like a year or two down the line, Rafael Stone flips a chunk of that draft capital and brings in a disgruntled star to pair with Christian Wood, to pair with the young core, with Kevin Porter Jr., with Jay Sean Tate, with, you know, potentially a top prospect from this year's draft in Cade or Suggs or Mobley, if that's the direction that the franchise goes and if they're able to go that direction and maybe even on top of that by trading and bringing in a star that way or outright signing a star in free agency because they have the cap room to be able to you know navigate and, and facilitate a signing of that magnitude as well or potentially in addition to trading for another star, if that flexibility, if the flexibility that was generated by going this route with the Harden trade nets uh, you know, a star or two of that caliber down the line for the Rockets, then we get to revisit this trade, you know, years down the line and say, well, in the moment, everybody was pissed. But now, looking back on it, the only way that XYZ took place is because they kept their options open, because they opted for flexibility with the James Harden trade, because they didn't lock themselves into Karis LeVert's contract or having to pay, uh, you know, Jarrett Allen all that money, you know, the summer after acquiring him or being locked into Torian Prince's deal for an extra season, right? Or because, hey, they opted for acquiring the extra draft assets instead of holding on to these, these players with, you know, potentially a little bit more immediate value than Victor Oladipo had. Um, but they, so again, you know, I'm, I'm still in the boat of wait and see. I know that's that it's almost like a cop-out at this point, but that's really where we're at. Is It's going to be really tough to judge the James Harden trade in, in its entirety until we see how this franchise truly progresses. So I would usher you to back away from the ledge a little bit. And another silver lining in all of this, right, is... More Kevin Porter Jr. minutes. That's been something we've been all clamoring for, and Steven Silas hasn't been able to play him ahead of John Wall and Victor Oladipo because they were showcasing Oladipo, and now that Oladipo's out the door, I'm imagining that you know, as long as Kevin Porter Jr. is healthy, we're going to get a steady diet of Kevin Porter Jr. in the starting lineup alongside John Wall, which means we'll both get times where Kevin Porter Jr. does get to steer the offense alongside Christian Wood in the starting lineup, as well as times where Christian Wood gets to take a back seat and practice playing off ball, something that we clamored for years about with James Harden, his inability to play off ball. So the fact that KPJ will get to learn both sides of the game alongside John Wall. I still have my reservations about, you know, his overall development, having to play alongside a guard that likes to pound the hell out of the ball and be as ball dominant as John Wall is. 
but there's a silver lining there in that he may learn how to better utilize himself off ball if that's the case. And then if the Rockets do bring in a Cade Cunningham type who can also steer the offense, then KPJ having some reps being off ball might not be the worst thing in the world. So I'm trying to look at this through a bit of a positive scope. I'm still disappointed in the return for Oladipo, but I think that it's best to wait and see how this ultimately plays out for the Houston Rockets. And with that, I want to actually talk about a couple of the other splashy deadline day deals, and I want to hear from some of the other Locked On hosts about a couple of the bigger deals this afternoon, focusing on Aaron Gordon and Nikola Vucevic. Uh, Vucevic going to the uh, Chicago Bulls, and then Aaron Gordon going to the Denver Nuggets. So I'm going to talk about those trades, and we'll hear from some other Locked On hosts about those trades here in just a moment after a quick message from our friends over at Built Bar. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. And there's a reason, right? Built Bar, it's amazing. It's low-cal, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. It's the best tasting protein bar on the market that every single bar that they do is covered in 100% delicious chocolate. They're just, they're great. And there's a reason that I get to talk about them is because they're awesome. I've got three of them sitting over there on the counter from me. I need to re-up on my order soon. But now it's time to find out which Built Bar is the best Built Bar. It is Built Bar Madness. And today's matchup is Cookie Dough Chunk against Birthday Cake. And here I'm going to I'm going to have to lean cookie dough chunk. I love the, you know pretty much anything cookie dough. I'm a sucker for. So I'm going to have to lean cookie dough chunk here. That is how I will be casting my vote in today's bracket matchup. And you can cast your vote too. Just go to builtbar.com or at bar underscore built on Twitter to vote for your favorite. And when you're heading to the website, remember to use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your very next order of built bars. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% your 15% off of your very next order at BuiltBar.com and be sure to check back to see who won today's matchup and who will ultimately become the best tasting protein bar. And final segment here at Locked On Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. Speaking of the Locked On Podcast Network, we will hear momentarily from uh, a few of the different hosts who were involved, uh, both from the Bulls perspective, the Magic perspective, and the Nuggets perspective, uh, discussing their respective trades and reactions to the Aaron Gordon deal, as well as the, as well as the Nikola Vucevic deal. Um, but ultimately, like before I, you know, jump to those guys, I really like the Aaron Gordon deal for the Denver Nuggets, honestly. Um, you know, I think that he's going to be a strong fit uh, alongside Nikola Jokic there. And then the Bulls showing that they're really going all in, that they're, you know, wanting to compete, that they want to pair talent with Zach Levine. Um, so those pipe dreams of the Rockets acquiring <laughs> acquiring Zach Levine from earlier this season are long gone. Uh, what an innocent time when, when we were circling Zach Levine like vultures, trying to figure out how we could pry him away from the Chicago Bulls, and it looks like they are definitely set on him and want him to be a part of their future. Him and Nikola, or not Nikola, oh no, it is Nikola. It's two Nikolas, Nikola Jokic and Nikola Vucevic, sorry. I, I almost was like, in my head, I was like, wait, that's the wrong name. Uh, but no, so him and uh, Vucci Main are going to be a, a dynamic duo that are going to terrorize the Eastern Conference. They got to figure out their defense over there. Switching from Wendell Carter Jr. to Vucevic is definitely uh, not a defensive upgrade, a significant offensive upgrade, but yeah. 
Um, so let's go ahead and I want to hear uh, the couple of takes. We'll hear about Aaron Gordon first, both from, we'll start with the Magic perspective and then the Nuggets perspective on Aaron Gordon. And then we'll dive into the Magic perspective on trading uh, Nikola Vucevic into the perspective on Vucevic from the Bulls. So let's go ahead and tee things off with Philip Rossman-Reich from Locked on Magic. The Rob Hennigan core of the Orlando Magic is gone. This is Philip Rossman-Reich, the host of Locked on Magic, as the Orlando Magic have reportedly just agreed to trade Aaron Gordon to the Denver Nuggets for Gary Harris, RJ Hampton, and a first-round pick. It's been a busy morning for the Orlando Magic as they've traded Nikola Vucevic to the Chicago Bulls and Evan Fournay to the Boston Celtics in addition to Gordon to the Nuggets. This is a franchise resetting day for the Orlando Magic. They're in a full rebuild now as they're looking to gain draft assets and build for their future. A future that now has Jonathan Isaac, Markel Fultz, Cole Anthony, and their upcoming draft pick, which could now be Evan Mobley. All five of those guys are now available as their future. The team as it is standing today, and really the team as it looks like next year, is probably not going to be very, very pretty. There are a lot of missing pieces for this team as the Magic have traded their three best players and the three pillars of their franchise over the last seven years. But the Magic had to make this reset at some point. They were probably hoping to make it a softer reset than this. But this is what the Magic look like now. The Orlando Magic, as we know them, are a completely different team, and everyone's going to need name tags when they play the Portland Trailblazers tomorrow. We'll have more on this throughout the day. Be sure to check out Locked On Now. Be sure to ch check out our locker room app at 6. And of course, Locked On Magic tomorrow. We'll see you all then. And now let's flip to the Nuggets side of things for the Aaron Gordon deal with Matt Moore from Locked On Nuggets. Hi there. For Locked On Now, I'm Matt Moore from Locked On Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets finally pushed their chips in, making a trade on Thursday to acquire Magic forward Aaron Gordon for Gary Harris, a first-round protected pick, and R.J. Hampton. Hampton was the sticking point negotiations this week after talks with the Boston Celtics and the Magic had broken down. The Nuggets had not wanted to relinquish Hampton, but ultimately felt that like the upgrade was substantial. Gordon now slides into the small forward spot next to Michael Porter Jr. at the four as the Nuggets look to optimize their core next to Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. Gordon brings passing, defense, toughness, and shoots 40% from three. This represents a major upgrade for the Nuggets if Gordon is willing to adapt his game to how the Nuggets play. Gordon will be a free agent in 2022, giving the Nuggets a year and a half to assess the fit and figure out if he's the missing piece to get the Nuggets finally to a championship. For more on the Nuggets, make sure to subscribe to Locked On Nuggets. Let's change things up now and go check out, again, Philip Rossman-Reich from Locked On Magic for the Nikola Vucevic side of things. Um, the Orlando Magic have traded Nikola Vucevic and Al Farouk Aminu to the Chicago Bulls for reportedly Otto Porter Jr., Wendell Carter Jr., and two first-round picks. This signals a complete rebuild of the Orlando Magic. Uh, I was not expecting this. I thought the Orlando Magic were still going to try and push for the playoffs next year, kind of reset the roster and retool it around the recovering Jonathan Isaac and uh, Markel Fultz for next season. And I thought Nikola Vucevic was going to be a key part of that rebuild as someone who could just stabilize the offense. It's a team that doesn't have a lot of offense to begin with. Instead, it appears that the Magic are doing a full reset of the franchise. Everything is restarting. Everything is starting from scratch, essentially. Again, with Isaac and Fultz next year, the draft pick, and a whole lot more. The Magic get some good draft capital here. Otto Porter is, when healthy, a solid offensive player, but not someone you want to build around. And Wendell Carter Jr. has had kind of an up-and-down year to uh, career so far. Um, with, you know, the Bulls really kind of sapping his confidence, although he's a very, very strong defender, which I'm sure Steve Clifford will like. 
Overall, this deal is still shocking to me. Um, you know, you could tell last year there's a lot, or yesterday that there's a lot of emotion tied with these players who've been with the Magic now for nearly a decade. Uh, but overall, you know, if the Magic are hitting reset, they got a nice young player, they got a veteran to match salaries, and they picked up a couple draft picks, which should help them build in the future. We'll see what else the Magic do today. So we'll have to see how this looks all in tandem. Until that time, this has been Philip Ross Rank. You can check me out on Locked On Magic. And now Matt Peck from Locked on Bulls for the Bulls side of things on the Vucevic deal. What's up, Bulls Nation? Matt Peck here from Locked on Bulls with a Locked on Now update. Boom! We got a Woj bomb. The Chicago Bulls are sending Otto Porter Jr., Wendell Carter Jr., and two first-round picks to the Orlando Magic for their all-star big man, Nikola Vucevic, as well as Al Farouk Aminu. I love this move right off the bat for the Bulls. They get another all-star to pair with Zach Levine, taking some of the offensive pressure off of him. The Bulls have been getting bullied by teams in the front court all season long. Wendell as an undersized center has been a part of that problem. Hopefully Wendell gets a fresh start in Orlando, but right off the bat, the Bulls add quality veteran depth and an all-star in this trade. They're also reported to still be in the hunt for Lonzo Ball. So we'll see if the Bulls make another deal before the deadline. For more updates and all of your coverage of the Chicago Bulls, subscribe to Locked On Bulls, your team every day. Let's go! Matt Peck is clearly hyped about the Nikola Vucevic acquisition uh, for his Chicago Bulls. How nice it would have been to be able to have that type of reaction on today's podcast. Unfortunately, we didn't get that, but we will get to look forward to a few other things. You know, seeing Christian Wood continue to develop and become the primary option on offense, seeing Kevin Porter Jr. grow as a Houston Rocket, and, you know, a few other things. Jay Sean Tate, KJ Martin, of course, all of that. But again, uh, a bit of a lackluster day for the Rockets. Not such a great trade in the grand scheme of things for Rafael Stone. But again, hard to uh, hard to judge at this point fully. Uh, you know how the the return for the James Harden trade looks. But definitely wanted to highlight a couple of the other big trades from trade deadline Thursday. Definitely go check out the respective shows: Locked on Magic, Locked on Nuggets, Locked on Bulls. If you're interested in hearing about how those teams. Uh, will be impacted by these deadline day deals. Uh, a b- bunch of other stuff stuff took place across the NBA. Some other minor deals here and there. Uh, Kyle Lowry wound up not being moved. Uh, Norm Powell got traded to the Blazers. All those. And you can check out all of the reactions and analysis for those different deals around the Locked On Sports Network uh, home base, I guess. Check out the different Locked On shows. But for today's show, that's going to do it. As always, thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked On Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.